Y'all glad to be at church again? Come on, it's a good day. Come on, I want to say welcome to everybody online again. Hey, my name's Brandon. I'm one of the pastors. If we haven't met, I'm so glad again that you're here today. We've been in the series all month. We've called Sweet Baby Jesus. And uh, every year we come to this moment at Christmas time. And nobody sits and wonders uh, about what the topic is going to be in December at church, do you? You just kind of know. And so it's easy for us to settle into this uh, Christmas season where we kind of go into this like robotic mode. We know what we're going to do. Guys, you know, you got to pull out the decorations and uh, you know there's going to be 1,500 trees around your house and you know that the Christmas shopping's got to take place and you know there's going to be like those people that you got to go hang out with. You know what I'm talking about? This is the fun stuff. Some of you got to go do the family stuff when you leave. We'll pray, you know, over that before we go. But we can get into this mode to where it can become very familiar. And I say the law of familiarity that the more familiar you become with something, the less you appreciate it. And we can become so familiar with the story of the birth of Jesus that we don't take it serious, that we don't receive from it, we don't get the power from it. And this is literally, everybody, the Son of God coming into the world to be born for our sins. Come on, to live a life so that he could redeem us. It's the most powerful story and the most powerful event in all of history. The birth and the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus. And yet, we can just uh, treat it like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer or you know, Santa Claus is coming to town. Which, by the way, Santa is in the lobby, everybody. I know him. Come on. Some of you, some of you need to stop twice. You need to tell Santa two times because it's just been that kind of year. I'm just telling you. But as we looked at this series and this year, we wanted to take a look at this Christmas story from the lens of this baby Jesus. Like, what did it mean to be a baby, to be born into this world? Like, I wouldn't have picked it that way. If I had a superhero to sweep in, it wouldn't have been a little baby. Come on, it would have been like the Hulk or something big like that. It wouldn't have been a little baby coming in like, you know, hey, we've got a a sin fallen. I, I wish I had one of those like, in a world where sin is rampant. You know what I'm saying? I wish I had that. And then you hear the next thing, a baby, a savior. You're like, what is that? We're not sending a, a baby, but that's the way God decided to do it. And at this particular event, at this birth, it was a little different than the way we do it today. Come on, we go over the top. I think we've lost our minds. Babies are amazing, everybody. I mean, it's a miracle, but we've kind of lost our minds when it comes to this baby stuff. The announcement of a baby. It's like a Broadway production on social media now. Ladies, you're already, you're already dreaming of how you're just going to present the fact that you're pregnant. There ain't even a baby here yet. And you are already got this production of how you're going to announce the birth of this baby. And then we have showers on showers on showers. This friend's giving a shower. Work's giving a shower. Mom-in-law's giving a shower. As if the same people ain't coming to every shower. But we're going to do it anyway, Right? Ladies, I noticed that when you get pregnant, you do something that's very odd to me, okay? And I don't want to overstep because a lot of ladies in here fell outnumbered. But you start doing this stance where the belly comes out, and you got one hand here and one hand here. And you hadn't even told anybody you're pregnant yet. You just start the stance. And so you're kind of out in public, and suddenly you just kind of start standing that way. And you're kind of looking around, and somebody goes, are you pregnant? (laughs) 
Yes. And then you say something like, well, how did you know? You know, I mean, like, we see you. Okay, we see how it's going. And then you got to find out what the baby is. We're, I mean, come on. We got, we're blowing stuff up in the backyard. We got pink smoke, blue smoke. Have you seen the one on social media where they wrestle in the backyard? The wrestlers? That's the ultimate baby reveal right there, everybody. Come on, that's something else. Or they put the balloon over the tailpipe. Somebody cranks up the big four-wheel drive. You know, we live, we're rednecks in the south, and we're blowing up the balloon in the tailpipe. Is it a boy or is it a girl? I mean, we go over the top about it. Did you know that the baby industry is an annual in the U.S. $7 billion industry? Somebody be going to start knitting baby mittens and stuff, start selling that stuff on eBay. You're going to get some of that. But we do all of this in our culture today. And some of you got great kids, but they ain't Jesus. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that didn't even happen for Jesus. As a matter of fact, the greatest birth in all of history totally missed all the pomp and all the circumstance. The Bible says it this way. It's on the screen for you. John 1, 10, 11 says, He came into the world that he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people. And even they rejected him. They weren't on social media, blowing up balloons, shooting off shotguns in the backyard, trying to figure out. It was none of that. The very Savior of the world was born. And the world continued as if nothing had happened. Today, here's my fear, is that as we gather in a moment like this, and we celebrate the very birth of the Savior of the world. That we can know this miracle has existed and that it was for us, yet we can miss it and the world can continue just passing this season by. And we can wake up tomorrow and we can do our Christmas traditions and then we can get on with the new year and we can get back in the rhythm and we will never have experienced what this sweet baby Jesus came to bring to you and to me. But... There were a few groups of people on this day at this birth that got it. And there's three lessons, a few things that I want us to learn from these groups of people today that I think if we embrace and live out, God will change our life this Christmas season. So let's pray, and then I'm going to dive in for just a moment as we look at the Christmas story. Father, I love you. Thank you for this day, your presence. God, I don't want to miss this moment. I don't want to miss what this is all about. There's power in the very birth of Jesus. So God, as we open your word today, don't let it be a story of just familiarity, God, but open our ears that we hear what you say to us. God, open our minds that we can understand it and our heart that we retain it. God, as your word says, not just to be a hearer, but a doer. God, let it transform our lives. We don't ask you to conform to us, but God, we're asking that you help us to conform to you. Let this miracle transform our life today. In Jesus' name, amen. Many of us are familiar with the nativity. How many of you like nativities? You like them? You, you go and you see them. Some of you got them in your yards. Um, some of you, most of you, not so much. They kind of freak me out a little bit, if I'm honest about it. Um, this, is a, uh, this is a representation of the birth of Jesus. You, you got the man himself. You got Joseph. You had an angel that showed up. And then you got, you know, Mary down here. And you got Jesus. Come on, our cast of characters. Here's my problem. This is, a, this is an Amazon special right here, everybody. I don't know if you've priced a, a nativity scene, but 
I like to be frugal, you know, so this is the best we're going to do right here. Y'all may not even be able to see them, but I'm just telling you who they are. Got some wise men up here. Now, my problem with the real nice ones, if you've seen them, Jesus is about 35 pounds. Y'all seen that? It's like a grown man laying in the manger. I don't know if you've seen that, but it, I think poor Mary. She was just a little teenage girl, and you got 35-pound baby Jesus up here in this manger. It's weird. I don't understand it. So this is a little more proportionate. But this was the cast of characters who showed up when Jesus was born. I don't know about you, but if I had God tell me that I'm about to send my son into the world, he's going to be born, I'd have pictured a better turnout. I would have pictured a better crowd than this ragtag group of folks right here. But see, God does things in a different way than you and I would ever do it. That's why when we think God never could, and yet he shows up and does it, and our mind is blown, because he doesn't work the way we work. God doesn't think the way we think. God does not feel the way we feel. You know why? Because he's God, and he knows more than we know. And he can do more than we can do. So had we written the story, it would not have been the miracle that it is. There were a few people that showed up. One, the first group, was the angels that showed up. Some of you are very spiritual people, and I just appreciate that. And you're cool. Angels come hang out with you, and y'all have conversations. But me, I feel a little bit like the shepherds in the story when the angels showed up. Here's what it says, Luke 2, 8 through 14. It says, that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep, doing their job. Now, they're literally at work, punching a clock, the way some of us do, right? But suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them. Maybe that's commonplace to you. Not for me. And the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. Isn't that beautiful? How amazing. Wow, God showed up. And they were terrified. Me too, baby. Me too. The angel showed up. It's real life. But the angel reassured them and said, don't be afraid. I bring you good news. Hey, everybody, this right here, this Christmas story is good news. And he says, this good news is for all people. Everybody, every one of us is for all of us. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. And suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others. If it wasn't freaky before, it's freaky now. The armies of heaven praising God and saying glory to God in the highest heaven. And peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. Notice this. God sent his son from heaven to the earth to be born as a physical born baby. And nobody showed up. Jesus was rejected. They passed it by. God himself manifest in the flesh on the earth and everybody missed it. So you know what heaven did? Heaven showed up for the party on their own. Because heaven said, hey look, this is a big deal. And if you ain't going, we're going to magnify him ourselves. And they showed up to the party. Now here's what it tells me. It tells me this, that the very presence of God can be here right in the middle of us and we can miss it. That's why we can be in a season like this. When you can go into a public store that would not let you utter the name of Jesus any other time of year. We can argue over happy holidays and Merry Christmas and the verbiage that's said. But you know what you hear on the radio in that store? 
you hear all about Jesus. You hear all these songs. And we can be right in the middle of it, and we can still miss it. We can hear all about this miraculous story, the birth of Jesus, and we can miss it. We can sit in a room like this. We can watch online. We can sing about the presence of God. We can pray, and we can still miss it. We can stand, and we can sip coffee, and we can go, I don't like this song. What are they singing? How long do we get out of here? How long is that guy going to talk? I promise you, we start on time, and we end on time. You can count on it. Last experience, I think we was out six minutes early. Come on, everybody. Nobody complains when you're early. We're going to be out. And we can get all caught up in it. And you know what we can do? We can miss it. But let me tell you something. The very presence of Jesus demands a response. And heaven showed up. But I asked the question, how did they miss it? There had been prophecies foretold that it was going to happen. They weren't looking. And they weren't listening. You see, it had been about 400 years since they had heard from the presence of God. Why? Because sin had separated them. Could it be that in our life today, we don't hear him and we don't see him because we have separated ourselves from him? And when we're in the presence of God and when we're in this season and we're in this moment of what God has gifted to us, we can miss it. I want to ask you today, are you willing to look for him? And are you listening for him? Because he's there, and he wants every single one of you. Some of you don't believe it because you think that's for the church, folk. That's for those people over there. But let me tell you about the second people that showed up, the shepherds. Now, I don't know if you know anything about shepherds, but they weren't highly esteemed people. They weren't at the top of the guest list for anything. They weren't throwing big shindigs in town and go, well, we better get the shepherds there. Somebody make sure you get a picture with the shepherds. Hey, get, the, get, a, get a good social media. Put them on the front. No. Shepherds weren't a part of any of that. But yet in this Christmas story, the angels showed up to the shepherds. And let me show you what they did. The Bible says the shepherds hurried to the village and they found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the man, manger. And after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel told them. See, when heaven shows up and God begins to speak, these guys, they said, you mean I'm invited? You mean your son and you come to tell us and we're going to the party? And you know what they did? They strapped them sandals tight, baby, and set them sheep over in the corner and said, Don't move. We'll be back. And they took off. Now, some of us, we'd say, Well, how can I go? Look at all I've got to do. I mean, I know it's Sunday, but you don't know how busy I am. I mean, you don't know what life is like. You don't know the stress that I'm under. You don't know what those people would think if I walked in that church building. Well, can I just tell you, as long as they let me walk through the door, all of you are welcome too. Now, the day they stop letting me in, then we'll talk, all right? But as long as they let me in this door, you got to see. Now, once you meet Jesus, 
you may need to give up your seat for somebody else to sit down, but you can still come in the building. The shepherds responded. And not only did they respond, but they received this gift and they told everybody else about it. Why did God do it? Why would God take the shepherds? You know why he did? Because they were the least likely to be invited. And as Jesus grew up and began his ministry, you know what Jesus said? Whosoever will, let them come. You know whosoever is? Every single one of us. All of our junk, all of our baggage, all of our bad attitudes, all of our pride, all of our mess-ups, all of our misses, all of our stuff, we are a whosoever will. That means there's nothing that could prevent you from coming to the presence of God. So from the very beginning, at the very birth, at the very start of this thing, God wanted it to be said and set a precedence that it is for anybody and everybody and even the least of these. God knew that these people would respond. He knew that they would go the moment they were told where to go. And he knew that they would tell of everything that God had done. Maybe, 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 in order to get to the presence of God and be a part of this story, God is just waiting on you and me to be willing to hear him and to respond to him and to share it with everybody else that we know. Make it clear. Communicate it. Tomorrow's Christmas, if you don't know this, everybody. The dollar store may be open. That might be your only hope today, so I'm just telling you, get prepared. My son's had a little Christmas list, and I've been giving him a hard time. I think he's nervous because every time he says something, I say, what was it you wanted for Christmas, buddy? And yesterday he said, Dad, do I need to write it down? I said, yeah, bud, you may need to write it down. So he went and got a piece of paper, and he wrote down like four things. And then he ended it with, that's it, and had exclamation marks on it. I said, that's helpful, buddy. I appreciate that. He wanted to make sure it was clear. He knew there was a special occasion coming. And he knew that it was going to require something, some clarity, some response, or he was going to get passed over for Christmas. Well, can I tell you that the, the party's here. The occasion is here. Christmas is here. God has sent a miraculous gift into the world for every one of us, but will we respond? Today, what is your response to the miracle of Christmas? What has been your response to the gospel of Jesus? What has been your response to the love of a God who would send his son in spite of yourself? That he would send his son to me in spite of myself, all of heaven would rejoice. And the very presence of heaven would invite even the lowliest of the low to be in the presence of God. And the number three, I think this third group represents many of us too, was the wise men. I'm not calling you wise, okay? <laughs> That's not why I feel like we're kin to the wise men. But there's a unique part of this in Matthew 2, verse 9 through 11, it says, The wise men went their way, looking for this Jesus that they've heard about. And the star they had seen in the east, it guided them to Bethlehem. See, they, they followed the stars. They knew. They could understand the days and the years and the time simply by following what was in the sky. 
So they're following it, and it leads them to Bethlehem. The star went ahead of them, and it stopped over the place where the child was. Somebody said, well, that seems far out. Well, God does far out things. This is one of the most, more simpler things that God has done. But God can do anything. And they were watching. They were following. And when they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house. They saw the child with his mother, Mary, and bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chests, and they gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, the reality is, uh, at this event right here, we see wise men gathered in the nativity. But the historians would tell us that it may have been two or more years before the wise men actually made it to the party. Anybody had somebody show up late to the party? You're already cutting the porch light out. You missed it, baby. It's over. Like, we'll do it again another time. But can I tell you, when it comes to the presence and the power and the person of God, you might be late, but he'll still open the door and invite you in. He even saved a little bit of that dip you like so much. You know that real fattening stuff that's got all that cheese and sour cream and the good stuff? He tucked some Oreos in the back just for you. Some Christmas tree cakes and not those chocolate ones. He saved the vanilla trees just for you. Let me tell you this. Some of us have been on a long journey looking. We didn't know exactly what we were looking for. We were just given a little bit of direction that there's got to be more than this. There's got to be purpose. There's got to be hope. There's got to be fulfillment. There's got to be more than the nine to five. There's got to be more than these people sitting in this house. I'm just saying what you're feeling right now, but Jesus will set that free too. It's called a life on purpose. It's called an experience with a baby born into this world, the very presence of God. The question is, what are you searching for? Because the money didn't do it. That position didn't do it. That job didn't do it. Prince Charming's already a frog. Come on, he's aging backwards. It's the reverse of that story you thought. The kids are great, but they're crazy. Driving you wild. You thought that house was good, but man, these interest rates... The neighbors are crazy. You're sitting right next to them, high-fiving crazy people out the window. What are we searching for? When you search in the wrong place, you'll be empty every time. But can I tell you that God sent this miracle, and he's given us every sign and every word and every indication of the true meaning, and purpose of it all. And it's found in Jesus. And everybody, the good news is that we're all invited to this party. We just have to be willing to show up. The presence of God, heaven, has come to us. And a whosoever will invitation to gather for this occasion. So whatever you're searching for, it can be found in Jesus. And so today, for this Christmas, you know exactly where you are in your journey with God. And I want to take a moment and I want us to pray over it. 
So I want to invite you to bow your head, close your eyes. and If you're our guest, nothing funny or weird is going to happen. Nobody's coming to get you, make you stand or do anything. I just want to pray for us. Those of you who are watching online from home, I just want you to take this moment, eliminate distraction, and let's just take a second and respond to Christmas today. And here's what I would say is that maybe some of us are here, you're watching online, we're in this moment. And you've just missed it. All this time, you've heard the Christmas story, you've sat in moments like this, and we've just missed it. But today, God loved you enough to put you in this moment for you to be reminded that you are invited to this very birth, this very miracle of the presence of God inhabiting this world to have relationship with you. So today, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, let me just tell you, you don't have to know everything. You just got to be willing to step out on faith and say, God, I'm going to receive the invitation. I want to be a part of the party. And you watch how God will begin to change your life. So if you need a relationship with Jesus today, I want to pray for you that today would be your day. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. God did all of this for you. Don't miss it. Maybe you're here today and you're just struggling in part of this. You're you're searching for some stuff or some purpose or some joy, some fulfillment. You've got some things that you're working through in relationships or finances or your health. God knows. Stop searching in all those places and today, let's just surrender everything to Jesus. So God, we love you today and we thank you for this season, for what it represents, for what it is, for the way you love us. God, if there's any of us here today that doesn't have a personal relationship with you, it's our prayer that today, in this moment, that we would say yes, forgive us of our sin. We choose to put you first in our life. Thank you for loving us enough to go to all of this for us. Thank you for Christmas and what it represents. God, for all of us in here today, just searching, longing, and hoping. The seekers, wise men, I pray that we find you today. Fulfillment, life on purpose. Thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name.